warning, warning. Potatoes and pasta contain adult language and discussions of sexual content, substance abuse, domestic violence, and suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling, please seek help. We've included resources in the description. Additionally, we are not psychological professionals and we don't claim to be experts of any kind. We are barely experts in our own experiences. These are simply our thoughts and reflections on ourselves and our family with the purpose to entertain and indulge our own nostalgia. Are you your parents' least favorite and you know it? Often siblings vie for their parents' affection to a competitive degree. However, we all know who the favorite was. And why could the one kid get away with things that the others just couldn't? Hello, family. Welcome, you. This is our podcast. Potatoes and Pasta, a discussion about our family. I'm Spud. And I'm Mac. In this podcast, we will explore the experiences, stories, and dynamics of our shared upbringing. And how we've gotten by with heaping helpings of laughter, potatoes, and pasta. A reflection on our starchy family. Episode 1.11, Sibling Rivalries. Today's topic and themes. Um, Sibling Rivalries, it's really not anyone's fault who the favorite is. And privileges, not the white kind, but like privileges within a family dynamic. Now, Macaroon, have you ever engaged in a rivalry or have an arch nemesis you conduct in a competitive nature with? I don't think, I mean, like, I've had people I don't get along with, but in terms of, like, a like a long-standing rivalry of some kind, I don't really think so. There's nobody you've like, I gotta one-up. I gotta stay ahead uh, of them. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple people from high school that, like, I know. So I, I don't plan on going to my high school reunion. And I didn't. Fair enough. Part of that is because I, I know that I would only be going to, like, gloat to myself about how well I'm doing relative to the people I graduated from high school. And I just, like, that's not the kind of energy I want to bring. Isn't that the point of class reunion is... Who got fat? Who lost their hair? Who stayed in the slums? Who's still who? And then who did well? Yeah, I mean, like there, are, there, are, there are people I think of like running into again that I would like love to be like, yes, my life is fantastic. This is my like very hot fiance. And fuck um, you. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like maybe like two or three people um, that I feel that way about. But uh, when I think about rivalries, I think about those feelings like fueling you to your next point and I don't have anything like that like I I don't I'm not like motivated by one-upping anybody else I shared an intense rivalry for about a year and a half with a a peer in the workplace at a previous job Uh, I will save that story for our episode about jobs but other than that, I know somebody's conducted a rivalry with me that I didn't know about. <laughs> At the same place, the same job. She, the other per- this person was friends with the other person I just mentioned. Yeah, they were buddies, and they thought they uh, one of them thought like I just got to stay ahead of Spud. And I thought, didn't you just have a kid? Right, don't you have like, like a don't you have a, a screaming bowling ball to raise? Yeah, like mind your business, David. Shit. Yeah, Cindy really didn't need to bring that kind of energy to the table. 
just trying to feed some fucking kids. Right? Like, it's not that... Yeah. Yeah. No, I It didn't I have to be that serious. I, I received that. Yeah. And I think... I mean, we talked in the last episode about how not competitive we are, or in previous episodes. And yeah. so I think that's part of it, is that, like, I... I just, like, don't have that, those feelings of, I'm not saying that I don't compare myself to others, because, like, I, yeah, I do in the way that, like, all people do, but in terms of, like, measuring my success, or, like, what motivates me to achieve the kind of success I'm looking to achieve, I'm happy to say that I I don't think it's been fueled by wanting to outdo somebody else. I mean, we have a cousin who we talked about in the Unresolved Tension episode, Convert. Yeah, I think she conducts rivalries with people. Yes. Or has a competitive nature. Like, her sister got married, and the next year she had to get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she had to beat her sister, even though her sister's never had kids. But she had to be the first to have kids uh, and provide grandchildren for her parents. And the little professor and I bought this house. And then her mom showed up, like, we invited her parents over, they see it, and and her Mm -hmm. sister. And, of course, we know uh, Aunt Universe and Uncle Lasagna have nothing better to do than talk about every little minute thing that goes on in their lives. So we know they told them how, oh, oh, the little professor in Spud's house is so nice, they hosted us, it was so great. And it wasn't six months later that they had a new house, Mm -hmm. that uh, the convert had a new house. And apparently it's massive huge because they had a little tiny shithole house that they were perfectly happy with but then suddenly i do something and then she has to yeah there's definitely Um, like a weird it's either like um an intense circumstance of coincidence or there's like a weird pattern happening there yeah i mean do you i'm not talking to this hoe really anything doesn't keep me up at night yeah. But I, I do get a little satisfaction thinking, oh, oh, mm-hmm. someone has to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> right, right. But the competitive nature, like with her sister, though, we Fair need to establish a name her. to her. She, the worrier? The worrier, we can go with that. Okay. At least until we come up with something snappier or meaner. So the worrier is um, Uncle Lasagna and Aunt Universe's eldest daughter. Her younger sister is the convert. Mm-hmm. The Worrier has gone on and secured immense education. Is well, works in education, always has. Teacher, that's it. Quite a worldly person. Spent quite a bit of time uh, doing student trips abroad uh, in Germany. But is like the severest homebody and introvert you've ever met. I was going to say, if you met her and didn't know that about her, you would never guess that about her. Yeah, I'm going to save unpacking her for a Cousins uh, episode. The relationship she has with her sister, I could could best describe as strained. Mm, Yeah, I think that's an apt. If they weren't siblings, they would not be friends. (laughs) I don't even think they'd be acquaintances. Yeah, like they would actively dislike each other. Oh, that's sad. Yes. The convert, she struggled with her education. She did. She has a learning disability. Mm -hmm. And so, like, getting that associate's degree was a huge deal for her. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, good for her. And and that's as far as she went with it. That's fine. There are no judgments there. No. Uh, but her sister went on to get, like, I think she got, like, a double ma- a double bachelor's and then a master's. Um, yeah, and then because she works in education, she's she has to do continuing education credits. Yeah. So she's earned a couple certificates since then. But, like, we talked about, like, her being worldly, but she's also, like, the, 
one of the very narrow-minded people. But they're, they're never on the same page. Uh, the convert is a stay-at-home mom. She has kids. That's what she's wanted to do. That's what she's doing. And the worrier, her first marriage ended in a divorce. And then, mm-hmm. again, they're just, she shouldn't have kids. Yeah, I just don't think she's ever going to be in a place maturity-wise and emotionally. Because when she did have potential stepchildren in her house, she kicked them out. But their relationship, as far as like a rivalry goes, I'm just not even sure they even know their own goals. They're they struggle shitting on each other. They're just always shitting on each other. They are. Like, they struggle to exist together. Yeah, they are always shitting on each other. I mean, like, as someone who... I think because of gender, like, I spent more time with with them in, like, a... What, what I'm trying to say is, like, my mom, their mom, us, and I, and me, used to go, like, shopping all together. That sounds awful. It, it was. Like, it was not a good time. But, like, that's what we used to do because the convert at one point was working at, at a store in an outlet mall nearby. So, like, we would go up there when she wasn't. Also, like, who wants to go there when they're not working? Anyway. I've never understood people who go to their job <clears throat> when they're off the clock. Me neither. Like, why would you? I used to work at a bar and, like, we'd occasionally hang out afterward. Yeah. But I never went out of my way to get up to the place. I'm not going to burn extra gas. No. No. And I mean, like, unless there was, like, well, I remember going to the restaurants you worked at when family was in town. But it, that was also kind of a way of being like, yeah, like, this is where Spud's working. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. So, like, we used to go up to that outlet mall to go shopping like all five of us and then we'd have to like sit through a very strained lunch at like big boy or something like there were moments there were nice moments like there were moments Mm -hmm. that were like fun and there was a sense of like family and camaraderie but like overall like it was a lot of them they just like bicker like they just bicker they just like push each other's buttons and they pick and they pick and they pick until the other one gets so pissed off that they're not yeah they just which arguably is probably a lot more normal than kind of like what you and I have going on. I mean, we bicker and pick at each other. Well, yeah. Nothing like, bring, there, there's few things in the world that brings me the same joy as pushing your buttons, much like interrupting you. Okay. I received that. I understand what you're saying, but I think like the, the, I think their dynamic is more common than our dynamic is what I'm trying to say. And Fair. Yeah, I'm not shitting on it, but like as adults, I think reasonably have expected them to kind of grow out of it and they haven't i mean the story that i always go back to when i think about them that really i think like sums them up as adults and as like their their childhood dynamic um the story goes around every once in a while that one christmas morning they woke up and both of them had to go to the bathroom at the same time and their house only has one bathroom the house they grew up in where Aunt Universal and Uncle Zanya still live only has one bathroom. I mean, yeah, they, they fucking built that house to be a three-bedroom. Wait, they built that house? Yes. Oh, you have to ask Dad about this. Yes, they built that house. I love that I get new bits of information every time we do this. <laughs> they fucking built that house to be the way that it is? Yeah, they built that house. They didn't buy that house. They built it. It has to be a modular home that just got dropped. No, they built it. I'm like, I'm like... I am fucking plucked right I, now. <laughs> I'm like 95% sure that that's true. 
Finish your story, but I'm okay. going to sit here quietly and die. Anyway, yeah. So they had one bathroom in the house for four people. It's a nightmare at the holidays, frankly, when there's, like, more than that. Um, but anyway, so they were young children. I'm talking, like, less than one seven. One bathroom, one sink, uh-huh. one toilet, uh-huh. one tub. One septic tank. God help them. We're bougie. We are. We are. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if you can afford to build your own house, you, you don't think you could throw a fucking half bath somewhere? Anyway. Yes, the story goes, the other, like, younger than seven, they wake up Christmas morning, they both have to go to the bathroom, and apparently Ant Universe found them fist fighting in the bathroom, while both, like, pants around their ankles, trying to get their asses on the toilet first. Pull pull a belcher, kids, and just one drop log in the the tub, and just stomp that burger down. Why not? You know, if it's, but I mean, especially like, if it's just liquid, just rinse it down. Well, I, okay, so you have different equipment, and I can tell you that it's not always a guarantee that things happen the way you plan for them to when you have different equipment. It's harder to aim. A seven year old take all their pants off, sit them butt down in the tub, and okay. then hose, hose the kid, and but they could hold it long enough to fight. But they couldn't hold it long just to let one other do it. They both had to be first. That's the that's the vibe. And that's been the story of their relationship for, I mean, like, as long as we've been alive to witness it, is that, like, they will fist fight over who gets to go to the bathroom first on Christmas morning, but they won't stop and think that, like, oh, well, if I just let her go first, then I can go, and then we're both fine. I still can't believe they built that house the way it is. Oh, my God. I mean, there's nothing, like, super wrong with the house. No, like, it's a fine house. I mean, it's just your typical ranch. Yeah, it is. But for them to have, like, built that house the way they was, then they're like, oh, that this this bedroom isn't long, big enough. We'll butt it out into the living room two mm-hmm. feet. But mm-hmm. the front door still has to swing open. Again, one bathroom. But, mm-hmm. you know, Uncle Lasagna's a cheap ass, so that also reads. Yeah, it's also very on-brand. So, yeah. yeah, so that's our... That's the warrior and the convert, is they, yeah, they'll they'll fight over who gets to go to the bathroom first on Christmas morning, but um, they won't stop to work together to come to a mutual solution. Oh, it's moments like that I see people get what they deserve. I see that. So we had some uh, family members that had some strong privileges. Again, not the white kind. Uh, we will unpack those much later. Mm-hmm. So it, we could basically categorize uh, the cousins and uncles, extended family, into the fucks and the schmucks. Mm-hmm. The fucks, as one of them, could get away with a lot of things. And the schmucks were always in trouble. Uh, not saying because it, uh, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. So we, we've created a list of the fucks and the schmucks. <laughs> And we're going to plug away. So our cousin Karen, we've talked about her. She literally doesn't care about anything. No. Except ideas. Images of things in her head. Like, I have an idea of family, and that's what I care about. Not actually the family. Right. And so... She doesn't care, give a shit about other people's boundaries. She doesn't care, yeah, about anything that doesn't, like, line up with her ideas of, like, the way things should be or the way the world should be or the way her world is. Yeah, if it doesn't bring her joy, she's going to hard pass. Mm-hmm. 
and and that means like doing the hard stuff too. And we we unpacked that a while um, on one of our previous episodes. We've got a other cousin, your favorite uncle. He was the comedian. Mm-hmm. The comedian. You talked about that a lot in unresolved tensions. And his daughter mm-hmm. got away with a lot because she's just fucking mean. She is. So I. I she have... just has a biting tongue. Oh, God. Yeah, nothing resonated with me more when it came to her than Mango read something the other day about how, like, people on the East Coast aren't nice, but they're kind, and people on the West Coast aren't kind, but they're nice. Oh, I I hear that. With this cousin, what are we calling her? I don't know. She talks a lot about herself. She she does. (sighs) Yeah, I think she's new to this conversation. She um, is. This is the first time we're talking about her. Like, she will go through the social niceties of a moment. Like, she's not... Like, I would never describe her as rude, for the most part, in, in the sense that, like, she's, like, kind to wait staff. You know, like, she tips well. She, mm-hmm. you know, she kind of checks, like, those types of of boxes but like if you get her going about something that she feels strongly about she's fucking cutthroat she's i wouldn't describe her as a kind person like she's she's not very considerate of other people's feelings or Um, or how her energy impacts others yeah which is like very on she's a leo it's like very on brand that's what we could call her leo the Leo. She's like the only one in the... Fi- well, I mean, Mango's a Leo, but she's the only one that we're like, you know, related by Blake Blood. Who's a- Lady Leo. Lady Leo. Oh, I love that for her. I love that for her. And she would like that. She too, is I very think. stuck up, too. She's very fucking stuck up. And listen, and I'm a smug bitch. But this she's, is a smug bitch. Here's the thing. She's from California. And that's like a whole other layer of aloofness and smugness yeah, and just, like, not giving a shit about, yeah, like like you said earlier. It's very self-indulgent. That's how it feels to us, like, Midwest Michiganders, anyway. Right. Like, she'll be hospitable, but for her, it's just going through the motions. Like, oh, I have to be hospitable. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, she, of all of my, like, all of the cousins on dad's side though like does the most work to have a relationship with me and that's the flip side of that yeah like she has like visited me in nearly every city i've lived in i like i i was the only other like female cousin from dad's side of the family who came to her dad's funeral and so i think she feels a like a different kind of closeness and a different kind of bond with me of that like i was there for that and so, like, even though personality-wise, her and I are very different. Yeah, she uh, usually vibes better a little with me. Yeah, but... you and her always vibe better when we were kids and they would visit, or we would visit them. But, like, it's, it, we're, like, learning to have a relationship now as adults in a way yeah. that feels good. But there are still times when she makes me feel like I'm seven years old and not cool enough. Oof. Same. And she's younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, she has that effect on people of, like, you're, you're not good small enough. and you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with her being made to feel that way by other people. So she, like, projects a very strong defensive energy that 
Yeah, and that, but that's the other thing too is that's why she can get away with a lot of things too is she's so defensive that people just stop challenging her on things. Yeah. They just don't have the energy to deal. Yeah. Uh, her dad was uh, quite the comedian. This kid was always in trouble. Yeah. Always in trouble, but he was getting away with it at the same time. Too. Oh, this kid was always getting out of trouble. That's it. That's it. Well put. Well put. And so um, our uncle comedian, who is the older brother of our father, younger brother of um, the godmother, the uh, older brother of uh, Drunkle Pork, and of course the older brother of the lost one, mm-hmm. our uncle who's lost. Uh, he, But he's just, he's so fucking funny. So fucking funny. He just had, he was much like his dad. Yeah. You know, our grandfather and both of them died of the same, you know, mental health complications. Yeah. They both died via suicide. You know, like Robin Williams, you know, just because you're funny doesn't mean you're laughing on the inside. Yeah. You know, I got the little professor that t-shirt with uh, Trixie Mattel on it. It says, all my jokes are a cry for help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, I've never felt a phrase so hard for mm-hmm. our family yeah. than that. Um, it's true. But yeah, he was getting out of trouble a lot because he was just so fucking funny. Yeah. So situational, too. Like, that's so the thing. Topical. is like, so topical. Yeah, we're like, I, I guarantee you that we're not overhyping how fucking funny he is. And if I told you something that he said or a joke, you would be like, I guess. But it was so, like, he was so in the moment funny, like we said, situational, topical, that, like, it's really hard to describe to other people. It is. And I'm sure we, you know, a lot of folks can have that family member and Mm -hmm. who just, you know, does nothing but bring joy to every room. God, just zinger. One zinger after another coming out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. Constantly. And we've got, like, hours of video footage of this shit. (laughs) Out of this guy, like you. Oh, that time you had the camcorder, and we were up, uh, at the godmother's house, uh-huh. and you just followed around, and and it, and it was just like go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like also cooking up some stupid bullshit for him and his brothers to do. Yeah. And it was delightful for once to see our father like just be the follower. Yeah. And just dive into this nonsense that these these bros were going to do and you took it you know uh, dumb white guys doing dumb white things yeah it's what you t- uh, dubbed that little video segment mm-hmm. and they had like erected a cuz uh, the godmother wanted a tree branch cut that was 45 fucking feet in the air and they taken this massive 2 by 4 and t- drilled a bow saw to it it was so dumb I can feel my spirit ascending at how on brand all of this is. That yeah. like she needed a task done and her younger brothers were gonna figure it out and like Girl had a blessed life. She really did. She really did. Yeah. But the the one that always sticks out to me is that um he was visiting we were in the kitchen and you and him were gonna cook something and you asked him to grab the extra virgin olive oil. And he looked at you and said, don't talk about your sister that way. And I remember just dying. But that was so, because I was like 10. Like, 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 it's just like really silly shit like that. Like He was the baker. 
Yeah. He was the baker, and so he would always make the dough fart, too. Yeah. Oh, and he was the one who, like, relentlessly picked on his mom. Yeah. Oh, like, like sh- she would be fuming, seething mad, because he's sitting there telling every embarrassing story he can with complete abandon. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no regard for the consequences. And then this motherfucker would turn around and prank call her. Yes. Do you he remember would, that shit? I absolutely parents, do. He racked up our parents' phone bill, prank calling her for the ugliest mug. Is that you? Well, yeah, because she she she, uh, she called incessantly. She called us incessantly, right? And then when he was in town or any of Dad's siblings were in town, it it doubled the times that she called and like tried to come over just like showed up unannounced and so what's he doing what are you guys doing what are you doing what's yeah, he doing just really not well yeah there was that there was yeah she called him and then he acted like he had called her and said yeah this is jojo's bar i'm looking for the ugliest mug there is that you and then she cussed him out and hung up on him didn't know it was him and <laughs> or then, whenever she would call he birched go ahead i'm sorry it's okay. And then there was the one that he, <laughs> well, he was in town. And so I, we really are very blessed that like all of dad's siblings are very handy. Right. So like he was in town and so she had something going on with a ceiling fan in her house and a toilet in her house. And, and he was like, you know, Voltar, I've got this, like I'm in town, you know, you deal with her all the time. I'll take this one. So she calls for what has to be like the fifth time that day, and he answers and says, the comedian's toilet and ceiling fan repair, how can I help you? And she goes, oh, I'm sorry, I think I have the wrong number, and hung up. Bless. Yeah. Absolute bless. Yeah. The man was a treasure. Yeah, he was. The godmother's ex-husband, Grumpy D., uh, he got away with murder. Also with our grandmother, actually. Because apparently, as as much as uh, the comedian took the approach of just outright mocking her to her face. Taking to, the piss. Yeah, taking the piss out of her in front of everybody. Um, Grumpy D had a tendency to outwit her. Um, just from his own sheer, like, cantankerous nature. Uh, Mom will say that, that nobody handled her better than Grumpy D. He was the B. Arthur of the yes. group. Yes. He was yes. always so, like, you know, uh, B. Arthur's character in The Golden Girls. Right. Always, he's just always got the sarcastic, biting, pissy retort. Always just tired of everybody's nonsense and garbage. And yeah. even if it was, like, moderate to mild shenanigans happening, he always just treated it like it, this was... Every day, the dumbest shit was happening. Yeah, so, like, Grandma would call his and the godmother's house as she called our house, just, like, incessantly, like, at least once a day, if not every other day, to just, like, say random bullshit. But the story that I always heard was that one time she called to ask about how often they were changing their sheets on their bed. Like, she'd read some article in the newspaper about, you know how she was. She read some article in the newspaper, and then, like, everybody had to know, and she had to bring the article over, and blah, blah, blah. She calls, and Grumpy D answers. And she's gone on and on about, this like... This is before caller ID and 
screening and all that. Right, 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 right. You know, starts talking about how, like, well, she does it, you know, every other week she cleans her sheets, and this is how the article recommends that you do it. And there's this pause, and apparently he goes, Jesus, you only clean your sheets every other week? And then she just hung up on him. <laughs> well, he'd always flip the script on her. Yeah. Just yeah. flip that script. Yeah. But he's always just so cantankerous and grumpy that he got away with everything. Uncle Lasagna gets away with a lot. Just because nobody really has the energy to deal or wants to deal. It's true. We say that he gets away with a lot, and he does get away with a lot, and we've talked about that in previous episodes. And yet, at the same time... um, He's a schmuck, too. He's a schmuck, too, exactly. Like, uh, his name is Uncle Lasagna because he fucked up lasagna so bad. You oh, know what I mean? You, like, we're not letting him get away with it. You raked him over the coals for months after that. I know, I know. But, yeah, he's The just... only justice in this world is that he lives with her. Yeah, so he's a fuck he's to so the rest of us. He's so dumb about some things. So yeah, stupid. he's a fuck to the rest of us because we don't have the energy to deal with her, but, the per- but he's a schmuck to his wife. Our drunkle pork... Is uh, gets away with everything because he's always drunk. And our society just lets alcoholics get away with everything because they didn't mean it, they were drunk. And Drunkle Pork played the most dangerous game. For nobody more than me, it, it's always. You were the one who took the hit. I know, I know. Yeah, so we were, we, alright. So there's two stories that go with that. When we were at the cabin in Traverse City after our grandfather died, the whole family had had this vacation planned. Before that happened, they continued with the vacation. We went to the big house in Traverse City that the godmother and Grumpy D had, like, had friends who owned the cabin. Our dad's younger brother... Drunkle. Uncle Pork. Yeah, Drunkle Pork. Lived at the time in Arkansas where fireworks that left the ground were legal, but in Michigan they were illegal. So he would bring them up with him when... Why? Because our mother loves fireworks. She's a pyrotechnic fiend. She is. Dad has to give her a budget for the 4th of July. She's not allowed every to spend. Year. Yeah, and she always, I say she's not allowed. She goes over every year and he just like forgives her. So when I was little, I was like four, or it was the summer I was turning four. We went up with the whole family to Traverse City, and for the 4th of July, Uncle Pork lights off these fireworks. I'm sitting on Mom's lap. She's in a lawn chair. One of them comes shooting right for us, and she hasn't moved that fast in her whole life prior to or since then. When she kicked back the chair and her and I landed on the forest floor, to avoid getting hit in the fucking face. But it was like a metal fire. spitty thing. Like this yes, thing was, it was like, like a, a fucking like a, mortar. It was like a fidget spinner with uh, sharpened edges. Mm-hmm. And this bitch was hot metal blades spinning through the, the air. Yes. Right. And she's just her. she's just clapping and, and, and gleeful. Ooh. And yes. Ooh. And, and then she's all. Oh, and then she no worries. Back. Keep going. Yeah. And then she pops back up and is like, it's fine. Keep going. And dad was like, no. Are you out of your fucking mind? Right. I'm very crazy. You know, my brother almost murdered my wife and my child. Yeah, he popped the fuck off after that. But then... Fast forward 15, 20 years later. Yeah, we're up at the godmother's house. We had done... Uncle Pork had brought more legal fireworks. We'd done them the night before, and he was in charge of cleanup. That was mistake number two, probably. Besides just, like, allowing him to bring them. 
Let's have mistake number six in this whole transaction. One, you allowed him to show up. Two, you knew he was bringing fireworks. Three, there's alcohol involved. Five, I mean, I'm just saying we could go on. Yeah, so he was in charge of cleanup, and he did what no one should ever do, which was put the, what you believe to be empty firework shells and casings. Or duds. Or duds into the fire pit. I'm sure at this point many of you can see where this is headed. Um, Anyway, so Spud, me, our cousin, and her dad, our dad's older brother, are out at the fire the next night. We decided we're just going to have a quiet campfire. Our dad and Uncle Pork are... And the godmother and our mom. Are up at the house, and Uncle Pork and Dad are in the garage cleaning fish, because we'd gotten a catch that day. Spud and I, our cousin, our uncle, we're just sitting around the fire, shooting the shit, hanging out, just talking. And there's a high-pitched hissing that starts. And we all look at the fire, and then it starts... It was a slow-motion chain of events after. Yes, and then the first pop happened. The next thing I know, I'm on the ground. My uncle has tackled me to the ground and is dragging me into the woods. I'm like 15, 16 at this point, and I'm not a small person. I'm like 5'8". And my weight fluctuates between, like, 190 and 210 on any given day. Right? Like, I'm not a small... And it's been that way for a long time. Like, <laughs> So I distinctly remember this chain of events, if I may. Please. I remember hearing the hissing. I looked over to our cousin. We made eye contact. And her face said, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I, similar to mom 10 years prior, kicked off straight back. Back to the ground, toes to Jesus. And then flipped over and started crawling, like army crawling, uh, away from the fire. At which point, I look up and over slightly to my right, and I see you running. Well, yes. And then I see our uncle running, our cousin running. And this thing explodes, and these bright bluish-green streamers missing everybody going by. I mean, this was some Matrix bullshit. And then I see you take a hit right to your right shoulder... And you twist down. Like, you spiraled downwards. Mm -hmm. I think you did a complete 360 and landed back on your face. And at which point, our uncle crawled over to you and started madly patting your back down as you're face down in the dirt to make sure there's no embers or anything that's going to burn you. Mm -hmm. Luckily, you had a really thick coat on. I did. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. So, our uncle tackled me out of my chair, yoinked me up. We started running. Mm-hmm. Along with her cousin, yeah, and then you were on the ground. It's the, literally the only time we've heard our father curse like that in front of our mother. Yeah, it's true. Because him and Uncle Pork came running from the garage when they heard the explosion, as did Uncle Pork's wife, the godmother, and our mother came out onto the deck to see what was happening. And our dad lit into Uncle Pork of, I cannot believe that you... You know, I killed my fucking children. Yeah, both of them. Like, just a complete admonishment. Strip this man down to bare bones. Right for, and it was it was a very stupid thing to put this fireworks in the fire. It was so mm-hmm. stupid. But yeah, no, I and then, when then we hid in the woods until it was done, which it didn't take long because they all went off at once. And then we yeah, came all they hear out. is a series of explosions happening. So we safely put the fire out, we go back in, and we look, and there are parts of my jacket that are 
burned. Like, I definitely got I remember, too, like, when that thing struck you, I think you were just more surprised. Cause I don't think you got hurt. No, 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 no. So I had, like, no... And then when you then you spiraled down. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like, I felt it touch me. Like, it yeah. got projectiled into me. But, no, like, I didn't even have... Well, the most, I, I was bruised because I'd been yeeted around by a grown man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who was really just trying to protect me, which I deeply appreciated. And, yeah, if, probably if he hadn't done that, I might have been, you know, worse injured. There's always stupid stories when all four of those five siblings get together. Truly. And they're little on their children. Mother of God. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has a unhealthy relationship with alcohol. But also, like, personality-wise, he's, even when he's not, even when he's not buzzed, when he's sober, mm-hmm. he's still, like, a fun, like, his vibe is, like, the wheeling and dealing fun uncle. Like, he's... Like, very chill, always looking for a good time, like that that kind of vibe. It's never he, bad energy with him. No. He's always, like, very positive energy, and so, like, he can get away with, with a whole hell of a lot. Mango. Mm-hmm. It's away with everything. He does. Yeah, because he's just so innocent. And he's so cute. I mean, he gets away with... My thing with him is, like... All he has to do is ask me, and I'll say yes. Like, that's that's just, like, part of our relationship. Is like, I only get cranky, really get cranky at him when he does this, when he does something and, like, he didn't ask. Like, that makes it sound like I'm trying to control everything about him. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's like, um, you know, if he'd asked to turn the heat off instead of just turning the heat off and then, like, plunging me into the cold. Do you mind if I turn the heat off? Right. I would have said yes, because if he asks, I can't say no to him. But if he if he doesn't about stuff like that, then I just that's when I get like, well, you didn't ask me. But like, yeah, he also yeah, like he's gotten away with cussing in front of our parents. He can pretty much say anything as long as it makes anybody. And he always makes somebody laugh. He's very like candidly honest. And yeah, he yeah, he gets away with fucking murder all the time. And. He's just, like, going about his business. Little Professor mm-hmm. also gets away with goddamn everything because he's always fucking right. It's true. You're sitting there arguing, and he'd be like, no, you're wrong. Either your point of view is wrong or the mm-hmm. facts you're reciting are wrong. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you come to the conclusion, oh, he was right. Or the directions you're taking are wrong. Right. And so we, always, we have this little saying, uh, and it's tongue-in-cheek because we never listen to him. Yeah. But... And this is why we always listen to the little professor. Yep. But we never do. Much to his chagrin. Yeah. I, I can't speak to myself, so you have to take this one. Yeah. Spud gets away with a whole hell of a lot because he is intensely charming. You are. You're very... Go on. You're very... You're also very disarming. So like Charmed, you make, I'm sure. Yeah. You make people feel very comfortable so that when you do say or do something that gets you in trouble, they're already feeling, like, so good about what's going on that they're just like, <laughs> it's fine. He can let him go. It's fine. Like, that's how that's how mom gets. Like, when you dote on her and you, like, give her special attention and, like, you make her feel special, you could get away with anything. 
and she'll like you you could call me out of my name in front of her and and I if I pushed back she would be like he's just kidding and I'm like no he's not like <laughs> he's not though um but yes Spud is very charming he's very well liked here's here's the here's what makes you a fuck and me a schmuck okay is I went over to Aunt Universe's house you for whatever reason weren't there and this was when we, we were, like, both adults. Me and Mango went over there for something, some event, I don't know, dinner, I don't know. Um, I was having a good time. I hadn't even been drinking. I was just, like, I actually went into it being, like, I'm going to try to embody Spud. Spud always seems to have a good time at these things. I'm going to try and, like, do a little bit of of what he does and, like, poke a little bit and be a little bit more vocal because... Part of our dynamic is that when you're around, I'm a bit more quiet. I think part that part of that is like older sibling, younger sibling stuff. It's gender stuff. But I, I just am. If we're in a larger group setting and you're there, I'm a little bit more quiet. So you weren't there. And so I was telling stories. I was, you know, teehee and I was poking fun. We're leaving for the evening. And Aunt Universe, in her passive aggressive wisdom, goes... You know, this was this is really great. You know, like we were so glad that we got to see you in Mango. You know, you know, you know. You, it was almost like Spud was here. Oof. I was like, just say you like him more. Just say it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> just no, no, no. I know Aunt Universe loves me. I am in yeah. fact her godchild. I know that she loves me, but like they're so used to you being like the the charismatic one and the charming one that like when I showed an ounce. Of that same capability, they were like, hmm, if only Spud were here. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Just a taste. Yeah. Well, she's a bitch. She can be. We all can be. Uh, so, that, I'm sorry she was so rude to you. It's all good. She hasn't seen that side of me since, so that's, that's her loss. You dig your own grave, Barbara. The schmucks. Should I do the schmuck since I am a schmuck and you took the lead on the fucks? Sure. And I'll cover you. Um, so we've already talked about the warrior. She's a schmuck. That that girl can't do a goddamn thing without this entire family sitting around talking shit about her. Ourselves included. It's true. But what else is she known for? She's an intense gossip. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, she's... You want the family to know you let the warrior know, and the word will have been spread within 15 minutes. Yep. She is the phone tree. She is. You only have to call one person in this family. Yep. And it's the warrior, because then everybody's going to know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She, I mean, always in trouble. Always. There was, there's always something going on with her. An intense following of drama. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's, I mean, there's just, like, a, numerous stories of different time periods, like, every time period in her life, right, like, and, and people track things differently, right, like, being that I'm in the field of education, you'll notice that, like, I track my time in this life by where, where I was when I was doing whatever schooling, right, like, and a lot of people do that, you know, or it's like, oh, you know, as people get older, they go, like, in my 20s or in my 30s. For her, it's like, which dramatic episode are we in right now? Oof. Oof. Was it was it high school the warrior, where you know like things were not going well and she was hiding food in her room? 
you know, God, you know, God knows, or was it, you know, college, the warrior where she went to one school, got eaten alive during sorority recruitment and then transferred schools. This bitch tried to be in a sorority. Yes. That was the whole reason she started at one school and then went to another. I, I'm looking for a fuck to give. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, or, or was it, you know, like... So self-destructive. No, so your own self- limitations. Thank you. And, you know, or was it, you know, like, single and dating? Oh, I've, you know, I met the man that's going to be my husband. Marriage, then divorce, then all the fuckery since then. Like, it's just like, we're always just, like, waiting for the next dramatic episode with her. of Like, what's and, going on at work or, like, what's, yeah. And with the advent of her entry to social media mm. it really has become an episodic journey mm-hmm. at least once a week the little professor pulls it up and we will read from the the scriptures of the warrior you know we usually get out a small glass of wine sit down ponder the, our existence in the world while we listen to about her self-declared drama that is 99 percent invented yes because she posts on Facebook exclusively with zero shame about everything that's going on with her. And then actively argues with anybody who offers any iota of insight or advice. Yes. And not like argue, argue. It's she's not looking. Facebook is the friend she needs. Mm-hmm. She's not looking for anybody to provide anything other than sycophantic comforting words yes oh well have you tried this honey i don't want that have you tried this honey no thank you have you tried you know this which is quite clearly logical and would bring you the satisfaction you're looking for not about it she's wild she's wild but and everything she does is under a microscope a because she shares everything that goes on in her life and B, because that's exactly how that side of the family fucking operates. It's like, you don't share anything that you don't want judged in court by everybody else. The call's coming from inside the house. It is. It is. Um, next on our list is a set of siblings. It's a rare uh, double schmuck pairing in a single household unit. <laughs> <laughs> kids he has children two of them both of them are and again like spuds mentioned like we'll dive more into like each individual cousin but what puts them into uh the schmuck versus fuck categories what puts them in the schmuck categories is that like they just can't seem to do anything without the family being like hmm are you sure? <laughs> like, I don't know, bud. Like, I, mm, I don't know. Um, so, like, his son, who I have a, a, a much stronger kinship with than I ever anticipated, him and I 
can sit together in a room in silence and feel completely content with each other, which you wouldn't expect from two people who did not grow up together. Right. Like, we saw them maybe a handful of times growing up, see them maybe once every four or five years now that we're adults, but him and I can... I mean, like, we were... We were practically roommates during the comedian's, like, funeral week slash weekend situation. Like, him and I were, this cousin and I were sharing a cabin together. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was just, like, the chillest, just, like, very calm. Like, I think we we were both, like, a calming presence for each other. We just have a strong sense of companionship. It's very strange. Anyway, yeah, like, he... He does, he makes choices or he does stuff or he, and and that side of the family is just like, well, there he go again. All right, I guess. He's rarely celebrated by that side of the family. Aw. It's true, though. Like, I, I mean, Until recently. He's recently got married and started having kids, so. Yeah. That's a good like, way to pull focus. It is, it is. But, like, up to that point, like, I, I would not say that he was, like, a very celebrated member of the family. I would second that. Yeah, and then his sister, unfortunately, really struggled more than he did with their parents splitting up. And so when we were younger, she engaged in a lot of, like, very atten- like very normal, given the circumstances, attention-seeking behavior, comfort-seeking behavior. And so... So the vibe you said about her brother is the same vibe I got last time I saw her. Mm, was that's just really interesting. So chill, so relaxed. I mean, of course, we've all grown up since then, but like, mm-hmm. this is not the destructive toddler that I remember. Mm-hmm. But her nickname for this podcast will be the destructive dancer. Yeah. Because of a tattoo she has on her foot that said "Beautiful Disaster." There it is. But I couldn't read it very clearly and i thought it said destructive dancer and so that that stuck quite just it stuck and i think i think what you called her brother bud earlier and i think that vibes well for a nickname too yeah we can call him bud yeah he's a bud and and he's a buddy and at this point too she is but Mm -hmm. the tattoo yeah so they, I, I would say, actively recall sitting around and shitting on them. Do you know what I mean? Oh, um, I do. Oh, yeah. You yeah. had much stronger feelings when, about them when we were younger than I did. Well, I mean, the divorce was imminent. Mm-hmm. That one time we all got up at the lake. Mm-hmm. You were five. Yeah. She and, and she was getting her seventh birthday party of that summer. Yeah. And she was an absolute nightmare of a child. Screaming constantly, attention-seeking behavior. And, and, you know, again, it's all understandable and developmentally appropriate. There's really no judgments against her character now. I just didn't... But at the time when you were 5 and 10, right. I didn't have the energy to deal with that. Right. Because, you know, she was just wildly selfish. I just remember she, uh, like, turned around and, and tried to whip your ass one day. We were up there because you just wanted to be friends with her. I and did. Then... I just wanted to play Barbies. Mm-hmm. And she did, in fact, try to beat my ass. A, she didn't know what she had coming because despite being two years younger than her, I had a brother who was six years older than me and could very much whip ass myself. 
She comes screaming down the stairs. Yeah, acting like I had initiated. Macaroni attacked me. Blah, blah, blah. Woe is me. And then, of course, our mom takes it at face value. Fires up. And yeah, until she saw my split lip. Yeah, and so screams down. Drunkle pork, why is my child the one bleeding? This is reading as an act of self-defense. Right. Yeah, because yeah, she tried to whip your ass and girl snapped back. True. You just slapped her. That's all you did. I did. I slapped her across the face because a that was all I could get away with with you. If we, you and I got physical at that age, that was about all I could get in before <laughs> shit really hit the fan. Yeah, no, she slapped me in the face and pushed me into a door frame, and then I slapped her, and then she went running crying more because she knew she was gonna get in fucking trouble because there was evidence on me. I thought you whipped her with a Barbie. I did do that also. What do punch? Five-year-old Mac versus 11-year-old Spud. That was about all I could get away with before stuff got really... <laughs> Listen, you were, deal- you were dealing out the damage you were used to having to deal out. Yes. The destructive Again. dancer couldn't be held responsible or let alone understand that such a disproportional response was coming her way. Sure. At least from her perspective. From her perspective, yeah. No, everybody writes me off as just like the quiet bookish one until they start pushing my fucking buttons or start literally pushing me around. Anyway, yeah. Her and I have grown a lot. Yeah. Since Again, then, both as individuals. A seven-year-old and... She had yeah. received her seventh birthday party that weekend, which... Yeah. Not great for a child of that age. Wildly overcompensating for the obvious failing marriage. Yeah. But, so, that led to her being in trouble. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, she would get in trouble, yeah, for all kinds of stuff like that, and... Um, yeah, but her, yeah, she's grown a lot, both as an individual and in, like, the, the family dynamic to where... Like, we have a good time when we hang out with her and Bud. I have two distinct memories of both of them being hit by their parents. Oh, gosh. I'd, so, I'd... I mean, that's why they're, they were, at least in this categorization, always in trouble in my mind. Yeah. Fair enough. Again, we can unpack more of that later. Yeah. Next up, I would say, is our grandfather, our, our mom's dad whose whole life was just him trying to figure out how to survive to the next situation in the sense that, like, I mean, this this man had three marriages by the time he died, and at one point our father sat him down and said, you're not allowed to get married anymore, and the man looked back at our dad and said, you know what, that's fair. Um, Listen. I support equal equality in a marriage. I think a woman's place is everywhere in the household, just like a man's. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe in equality. I'm a feminist as much as a cis, cis uh, white man can be. This man had no spine. No. No, he didn't have the, outside of like the normal confidence that mediocre white men just like have at base level, his confidence stat... <laughs> Like, didn't have any boosts at all. No. He went from... He was so... And we have a whole episode dedicated to him and our grandmother on that side. But just went from, like, failed scenario to failed scenario in his personal life. 
just to his detriment that like yeah there was always something that if it wasn't something to do with his wife whichever one it was you know there was i mean we just like never heard from him like you know what i mean and like that in itself is like a, a kind of neglect and failure to show up you know he, he was a, he really was a man baby yeah like he got married because he believed that he needed a woman in his life to take care of him and his finances yeah which both ended up being to his detriment he was happiest when he was single and he was happiest once our dad had pulled him out of debt but he never did anything to maintain either of those statuses so that's why he was always in trouble yeah god rest his soul and then next up is is our uh, old, oldest cousin on our dad's side, Copper, Copper, who, despite having achieved a a number of you know like forms of traditional success, just always seems to be somebody's always mad at him. Like at least one person, usually his sister, is always fucking mad at him. But there's always somebody who's just like pissed off at him. And and you know his internal voice says he's not good enough. Like, I've captured that window in a very vulnerable point in time uh, where he was very drunk and without his wife. And just, there's a lot of self-loathing going on there. Yeah, the person he's the most in trouble with, though, is himself. And it's, it's sad. Yeah, he holds himself to unreasonably high standards. Our dad is always in trouble. <laughs> but he knows why. He knows exactly why he's in trouble. <laughs> It's some uh, shit that he said. Or did without consulting people. Made a unilateral decision. Yeah. I bought a thing. Here comes a boat. Right. Yeah. I did not realize he had bought that boat without her mom's knowledge. She didn't know? Not the big one. The dinghy. That ended up at the godmother's house. I, oh, oh, that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. He took me. We went and got this boat. He was going to go look at it. There was supposed to be another follow-up conversation, and... And then he he threw cash down and brought it home. We I just remember her walking out in the driveway. Oh, so you went ahead and did it. I thought we were going to talk about this. Here's the thing with Dad though is while he is always like lightly in trouble, especially with Mom, I have never met somebody with the best of intentions when he gets in trouble. Yeah. Like I can I can absolutely like I know for a fact he was like. I know she said that, I know I told her that we would talk about this, but she loves to fish, and so I'm just going to buy this for her, and it's not going to matter, and I'm going to take her out fishing, and it's going to be this big, grand, like, kind of, kind of romantic gesture. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure he came home all excited, and she was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, she shot his hot air balloon. Yeah. Right out of the sky. Yeah. But also, like, he's the easiest person, like, I, I've been mad at him before. Mm-hmm. But and then like, th- but this speaks more to like how I receive apologies versus other people can receive apologies. For the most part, I'm not speaking exclusively, but for the most part, when he says he's sorry, he means it. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be in trouble lightly all the time, but he's also quickly out of hot water. Oh yeah, quickly. yeah, he's never there for long. No, no, I don't think there's ever been a time like he's been really in the doghouse or ever been made to sleep on the couch. No. That we're aware of. <laughs> right. And then, Macaroon, you were always in trouble. And, and not like trouble, trouble, like at school in trouble or with the law. I remember one time, like, I was playing the piano and you just came up and bit my leg. 
old was he? I mean, three, four, I don't know. And, and, we, and I had, like, a bite mark through jeans. I think you had just, like, held the grudge long enough. You like, were mad at me about something from weeks ago, and you just held it long enough, bided your time. My hands were occupied, so I couldn't defend myself, and you just walked up to me and bit my thigh. Sounds very on brand. And then, and it was consequences be damned, because, of course, you know, I hit you in the face, <laughs> and you fell back. Mom, and, you know, I explained the situation to Mom. You looked at her and said, yup. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. I second that. I was off the hook for hitting you in retaliation. I mean, she did tell me later, like, don't ever hit your sister. I don't care if it's in self-defense. You don't hit a woman. Yeah. But you got punished. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, you were grounded some sort of timeout, something. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, the the most vivid story I have where, like, you actively just... But, like, I would say things and we move, you know, I wouldn't be in trouble move right along. You'd say things and then mom have to pull you aside and have a whole conversation with you. So, I'll, or I'll have a talk with her later. I remember hearing that a lot growing up. <laughs> yeah. But that was the thing, too. And, like, Dad couldn't be mad at you, because, like, for him, the standards were, you know, she hasn't killed anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm never she's in not, trouble with Dad. She's not doing drugs. Her grades are off the charts. Like, for him, as long as the hard things were done, don't worry, the soft skills will come later. Yeah, I'm rarely in trouble with Dad now, yeah. even, like, as adults. I'm rarely in trouble with Dad. I'm more often in trouble with Mom. Which is fair, because she's more often in trouble with me, so. Uh-huh. Eat it. Right? <laughs> so, our cousin, the late Lady Leo, she has a half-brother. She, we no, talked about her. I don't think she would describe him that way. I think she would just say that he's her brother. True, and we we've never said he's our half cousin. His cousin, he's our cousin. Ugh. That sounds gross in our mouth. Yeah, he was a uh, he was the army man. I think more so her against him. Like the rivalry was perpetuated from her towards him, and the fact like she was always shit talking his girlfriends. He like, does have his poor taste in partners. I'll be honest. Like the more I learn about those situations, I'm like oof. Yeah, but she's also like constantly giving him shit about it yeah not sure that helps yeah but you're you know that's hard to hard to adjust a person's taste it's true yeah i want somebody who's really gonna make me feel bad about myself and that's you know that's what uh gets me to where i need to go (laughs) gross which is sadness right i'm not sure there was much of a rivalry we don't know too much about uh bud and the destructive dancer no, they always seemed... I don't really have a recollection of them not getting along or there being, like, distance, but we we also... Weren't around them that much. Yeah, spent less time with them, like, when they... Because they're in between us age-wise, so, like, by the time you'd graduated high school and I entered high school and they were finishing up high school, like, we didn't see them a, a whole lot during that time period when I think if there was one... We already talked about the warrior and the convert. Copper and Karen, siblings that they were, are, are they have a complicated relationship. You want to dive in? Sure. They're only like 13 months apart, age-wise, which I think plays into it a lot. There's a lot more like direct comparison that happens. Yeah, with that. You, you would have better insight, like, growing up. I only, I mean, like, I literally entered the world as they entered high school. 
growing up, there wasn't a lot of, of that. He was the football star. She was the cheer head cheerleader. I mean, they each played their stereotypical, stereotypical popular kid, pretty people roles in their respective high school. And then the shenanigans and multiple dating people that they would bring home. Mm-hmm. Uh, to various drama levels, and oh, I hate her. Oh, I hate him. And she dated a guy. For, she dated a guy for the longest time that had her father's name. Ugh. He dated a woman for the longest. time. You know, we mentioned about our great grandmother had only shit talk two people: uh, her daughter-in-law and Uncle Lasagna. Mm-hmm. But it was one of Copper's girlfriends was the other one. She said, "I don't trust her." And then you know, know things that. things fell apart. He dated her for a long time. Yeah. I was shocked and surprised by that, too. But, as always, uh, little grandma's instincts were spot on. Hmm. And she, I don't know what the shenanigans or the circumstances of the breakup were, but things didn't work out. Hmm. The, it, I, I actually notice the rivalry more now that they're adults. There's definitely more tension in their relationship as adults, for sure. Yeah, so that's where I was really looking to spend our meat and potatoes on with that. Yeah, so as we've mentioned, like, Karen doesn't abide by anything that doesn't bring her joy. And while her brother is a desk jockey now, like, that's a relatively new development. And as a part of his job, which I'll be transparent, uh, I'm an all-cops-are-bastards kind of bitch. Like, I um, don't believe that, you know, the remnants of... Slave hunters should be allowed to continue as an institution in this country. So if you were wondering where we're at with that, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, all cops are bastards, including my cousin, who I think could find work elsewhere that doesn't actively cause harm to other people. And for a a long time, part of his work included seeing some of the worst parts of humanity. Yep. Seeing people doing really awful things to other people. That meant that for Karen, he became somebody that was hard for her to spend time with. The way it was described to me was that, like, she felt that he essentially would, like, bring the vibe down. Was the gist of it, that, like, he didn't know how to, like, relax and let loose to the level that she wanted to. And so she stopped inviting him to large get-togethers, which I thought was some bullshit. But would blame... His wife. Mm-hmm. Who Who's, we all love. She's got some quirks about her that like are annoying. Welcome to being part of a family. Right. Like, she doesn't like dogs. Like, for yeah. her, she grew up on a farm and animals are animals. And so when there's dogs around her, she does not enjoy that company. Which is a perfectly valid, reasonable thing to have as a. It's fine. It's really she not hate an issue. Dogs. It's no. not like it's not like she won't go somewhere where she knows there's a dog. It's not like if the dog comes to her for attention, she won't give it some light scratches and move on. Yeah, but dogs are not animals that uh, they are sub creatures. They are not allowed on couches. They are, do not sleep in my bed, kind of thing. She yeah. just has. She prefers a stricter boundary with animals. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Yeah. 
But, you know, our cousin will take, uh, Karen will take that and run, and, you know, well, she's not a dog person. She's soulless. And, and, you know, she does nothing but twist my brother around to get his viewpoints all screwed up and all this. And, you know, but, you know, you're all, Karen's also the person who is, you know, my best friend's a person of color, and that, but all lives matter, especially blue lives. And I don't understand why everybody just can't all get along while I actively vote for people who are trying to take away institutions of assistance and help for people because I'm fine. I don't need help. Why should anybody else get help? She's a bootlicking scab. She uses her brother's status as a police officer to make herself feel better. Yeah, but what they do, like, back to the rivalry part of it, she'll actively try to pit her brother against his wife. Yes. Like, through side comments and shit like mm-hmm. that, because, again, she doesn't want her buzz, literally, her buzz killed. Because mm-hmm. she's a high-functioning alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She hates anything that brings her, her vibe down below a 7. On a scale of 1 to 10, if she's not a 7 every day, something's mm-hmm. wrong, and whatever is bringing her down needs to be literally evaporated from the room. Or she'll just leave it. Yeah. Or, when they are vibing, and she's she'll get him super drunk yeah and him drunk he turns into a destructive frat boy yeah he's repressed all these feelings of and and then he just turns angry yeah he gets really angry and then very sad Mm-hmm. which again kills her vibe <laughs> oh we're drinking we're having fun oh you killed my buzz i'm not gonna invite you next time yeah so i think that's the like the hypocrisy that gets me as like an outside observer is that she has that like ugly ass blue stripe flag as her like cover photo on Facebook, but then she won't invite her brother to like larger family get togethers. And then actually tries to sabotage his marriage. Right. It's like, you don't even love the cop in your life. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like you love having a cop in the family so that you can continue to like kiss rubber but like you don't actually love and appease your middle class white bitch friends who also i can't really just get along right but you don't actually support murder the cop in your life right Mm -hmm. ridiculous i think we unpacked in our unresolved tension the rivalries between uh ant universe our mother and uncle brother cousin yeah and i would say that we we you know did a good job with dad and his siblings yeah and other than like you and i we talked about that in unresolved tension yeah we've had moments of conflict and but yeah sibling rivalries happen Mm -hmm. i think we're kind of winding down here do you have anything else um my final thought i would say is that we like we come from a family that has a lot of siblings and like a lot of sibling dynamics there aren't any only children in our family, which is fascinating. And as much conflict as there is and as much as like you and I have gone through in our relationship and our dynamic, I have never wished to be an only child. I have always been grateful for you and that you are my brother and that, like you said in, in the last episode, you have good times with your family so that when you know shit hits the fan, you have somebody, and I'm I'm really glad that, that you're my somebody. Well, thanks, Macaroni. Unlike you, I do remember a time before I had a sibling. I was pretty self-sufficient, but when Mom told me that she was pregnant, 
I cried from joy. And it was the first time I had ever cried of joy. Despite all my mistakes and personality, uh, what's the opposite of flaws? Quirks. <laughs> personality uh, qualities. Mm. I did, for the most part, try to be a good older brother. I'm glad you're my person, too. I think out of everybody, you and I have got the strongest relationship of all these schmucks we've talked about. <laughs> all these schmucks and fucks. These fucks and schmucks. You know, we talked about being a parent's favorite. I mean, we, our parents will never never divulge if they had a favorite but you know we have also talked about like i was a mama's boy and you're a daddy's girl and it, it's fine there's nothing wrong with it yeah i also i don't think they had favorites if i'm being yeah. honest like i don't think they had a a favorite child or well i mean like you had a six-year head start so i think while mm-hmm. you were it was just you you were obviously the favorite but i think once i came along yeah i i i I would say there were there were moments where things might have felt or certain situations might have felt like favoritism mm-hmm. or where things were being impacted by stuff like gender, class, things like that. But mm-hmm. I yeah, I would just take all that kind of stuff away, just like surely based on personality and dynamics. Yeah, I'm also really grateful that. I don't think they have a favorite. I think they genuinely love both of us equally very much. Yeah, agreed. We're very lucky. And as we always say, everyone comes from a wild family. It's always a good idea to have someone to talk about them with. Don't be judgy. Be a little judgy. Don't be mean. Only if they're mean. We don't get to choose our family. But we do get to choose who our favorites are. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Potatoes and Pasta. Be good, be kind, be forgiving. Until next time, family. Bye. It's a rare uh, double schmuck pairing in a single household unit.